Welcome to Processing Purpose, a business and lifestyle podcast committed to having honest conversations about the stuff in our lives that is often suppressed, ignored, or overlooked. We are two brothers from very different backgrounds, but with one common goal. From entrepreneurship to relationships, from hobbies to house projects, nothing is off limits as we process becoming the best version of ourselves in business and life. You ready to roll? I I mean, I don't know if I'm ready to roll, to be honest, but I'm I don't even know how we start this thing. But uh, we're back. Just say, I feel called to get started. <laughs> <laughs> I feel called to get started. There you go. Uh, Episode seven. It is, which is cool. How you doing? Making Good. notes? Good. Oh, like we're, we're on. I don't know. Do you oh, want okay. to be? Yeah, let's, let's just be on. Let's go for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad it started that way, by the way, because I thought we were just kind of warming up, but we're not. We're here. Well, we're I mean, that. we could. Be, I I could stop it. and We could start over. But what fun is that? No way. No way. I feel called to <laughs> to, to do to start here. I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was making some notes. Just some some things I was thinking about. But uh, today we're talking about. Might as well unpack it. Calling. 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 Okay. It's kind of like a fifty thousand foot level. I mean, you could call it calling, purpose. Sure. Like, um, what is what is the um. Uh, it'll come to me. I was thinking of a word that you see that you hear a lot in um, kind of spiritual circles. Um, I'm sure I'll use it at some point. I'm forgetting it at the moment, but it's that you know, were you created for this? Right. Well, first, let me ask you a question: Are you a man of faith? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. So, calling is important to you. It's important to just how you perceive the world, in in a way, or no? I don't know. To be honest, okay. like you know, from a young age, I remember. And and you're right. I'm I'm a, a man of faith. Um, was uh, brought up in an evangelical Christian environment, um, and I remember from a young age, like peers at like church camp, being like, "I'm called to be a youth pastor," and they like knew it and pursued it, right, and never looked back. And it always left a bit of like a what's wrong with me situation Mm. kind of, because I never, and to this day, I've never felt a super strong calling, if you will, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what, this is what I was put on this earth to do. Right. And what, like, let's say just define calling from the perspective of that friend that said, I'm going to be a pastor. That's what I know that about myself. What, what did you experience? Did you experience like an extra layer of confidence in that person? Like an extra layer of joy and understanding? Or what did you see in them when they made that commitment, so to speak, uh, versus what you haven't experienced in your own life? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I think maybe just a, a confidence in their pursuit. Maybe sure. that they're like, this is what I was put here to do. Um, do you think that has to align with their gifts or do you think it was, it was just a flat out, I don't care if I'm good at this. This is what I feel God is calling me to do with my life. Um, and I, I have an opinion on that, but what I, do you think? I, I don't know, to be honest. Like I've met a few youth pastors and regular pastors for that matter. And I'm like, you probably shouldn't be a pastor. <laughs> you're not any good at this. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You're cold, man. <laughs> so, you know, maybe they weren't called. I don't know, you know, but they don't have the, the gifts. And I think, I think, I don't know if it's, if it's separate from gifting. Um, you would hope that those would align, I guess, but yeah. Some, some, I just asked the question and again, maybe it's not so much an opinion, but a question around, does confirmation bias occur in spirit in the spirit through the spiritual lens as well, right? Like Certainly. I feel called to this because I feel naturally gifted toward this, right? Where you're saying there's some people that don't, which well, and then especially in spiritual circles, when you make that, when you plant that flag, everybody's so affirming, right? Right? right. Oh yeah, totally. Yes, I totally... could totally see you being a youth pastor, right. and they kind of go, oh, right, right, you know, and. And I'm not dogging on youth pastors or those that feel called to youth to be right. being one at all. It's more of an observation, correct? Uh, than it is. Uh, there's no judgment uh, in it at all. Um, but I've never had that experience where sure. 
whether the Lord spoke or it was just this sense or not from a life pursuit anyways. Like there's been moments where I'm like, this is the next step I'm supposed to take. I'm pretty sure that that's the direction I'm being called, if you will. But that's like a decision moment in a big picture more so than like a passionate pursuit of life. Right. Right. My, so I'm going to, so nobody knows this. Uh, none of our listeners do outside of our friends and family who are for sure listening in. Right. You guys, right. Uh, but anyway, my part of my story is I actually, uh, landed at Seattle's union gospel mission. I was there for a year and a half. Um, got my feet underneath me. God used that as a vehicle to save my life. When, after I went through that process though, I had that same calling. So mm-hmm. and that, that's where I'm getting to. Um, and I actually started working for a church out of a the, youth pastor call. You felt like you had a youth pastor. To, calling. Okay. 100%. Okay. Yeah. So I actually was working with a youth group for about a year and a half, all foster kids, one of the coolest group of kids I've ever been around. Uh, and if any of you are listening to this along the way, just know that you are a big part of my story. And I hope that I'm a big part of yours because you guys made a big difference for me. Now, in terms of the calling itself, though, um, I started to, to realize after about a year and a half that I was so, uh, my mind was so business oriented. I was way more worried about the numbers. And now don't get me wrong. I know there's a lot of mega churches out there maybe listening in going, Hey man, we're about the numbers too. But I got way too premeditated on that. It was way too focused on numbers over the person and and the spirit and the soul of the person. And I was like, I feel like I'm disconnected from the pastoral piece of this. That really is important in terms of a spiritual gift. Um, and so I decided I need to get into business. So I actually, from there got into business school and started going down the business track. So, and I bring all that up because I and others have experienced this deep calling, so to speak yet a year and a half to two years in actually on average, I think most pastors, I think the average rate for pastors is two years. If if I'm not, I could be wrong there. Don't quote me on that, but, um, talking to a few other professionals in the, in the. Uh, faith-based space, um, they all say it's a pretty high turnover. Um, so my question is, is then then what? I mean, if you're feel yeah. deeply called and then all of a sudden you're going, Mm-mm, this isn't working, yeah. did you lose your calling? Was it ever a calling in the first place? Right. I don't know. And I'm, I'm not, I'm asking the question. I don't yeah. know the answer to that because I think a lot of people have experienced that similar thing. Yeah, where they get called in and then you they get called out <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? and and unfortunately, right. the church judges big time when you get called when you get called out. Like, right. uh, no, that once called, always called. Right, and there's like this judgment of like it's not possible that God's taking you another direction. Like this is the direction that God's taking you, and I, I'm. It's a it's a confusing one, but yeah. we call it pivot, right? In the yeah. world of business, we call it pivoting. We don't sit. We don't call it quitting. Yeah, and. If, if you are a faith-based individual, you know that our, our ministry in general is everywhere all the yeah. time, every day. And so, you know, any youth pastor that decides to shift or pivot and move in a different direction doesn't mean they're not going to still minister to people and love people and, and pastor people along the way. That's just probably who they are. But does it specifically need to be tied to a job or a, a role or a description? Maybe not. Yeah is the answer to that. And then one more thing I'll share. I know I'm, I'm kind of getting wordy here, no, but, you're fine, man. um, is, uh, my buddy, Andy Gaddich, one of my favorite humans of all time, uh, lives down in Oregon having his fifth kid. Congrats, Andy. Uh, but he went through a process with young life where they basically forced him to take a sabbatical and really think about the word calling and what it meant to him. And he came to a conclusion that I agree with wholeheartedly hundred percent. Now I haven't checked in with him recently on this. This was years ago. So he could have changed his tune, but at the time I thought, yeah, that makes sense to me. And what he concluded was that we as Christians all have the same calling, uh, that we have been given the great commission, uh, from Jesus himself. And we all corporately have that same calling and that our gifts are what bring us into certain lanes to fulfill that calling for his purpose. And I love, I actually really enjoy that perspective. I think to me, that makes a lot more sense. I've seen so many people go down the road. I went down and, and similar ones where 
this strong calling and then all of a sudden, oh, it's changed or shifted. Now, yeah, I believe God can take all of that and move it in the direction he wants to move it for different reasons. That's up to him. Um, but I, I, I firmly believe that all of our calling is the same. I don't think it's any different as Christians. And then I ask, because anyone will tell you, well, hey, if you're in business, that's your mission. That's your, that's your ministry, yeah. right? So then the question for me to you is, is, is calling a part of business or is it just a part of spirituality or is it all the same? I don't know, man. I, I, uh, I've always felt, and, and I would, I would, I'll put that in air quotes, um, because I'm not sure that I feel that way anymore, but I've always felt like there was something wrong with me Mm. that, um, that I didn't have a real strong sense of purpose. Um, of of what I'm put here on this earth to do, mm. um, you know. Do you hear? Do you, well, I'm asking you this: Have you ever heard the term "calling" outside of the church? Like, have you ever heard? Um, no, I haven't. A firefighter or a a police officer, or, you know, someone that's in a really intense position where you really have to. There's typically a motive behind getting into some of those arenas. Like, yeah, have you ever heard them use that type of term? Not or unless- something similar. Not unless they have some sort of faith background, yeah. right? It's like, it's Christian language, right? Like when mm-hmm. it's a really good indicator, right? If you're talking to anybody and they go, oh man, I'm just so blessed. Immediately like, oh, where do you go to church? <laughs> <laughs> you just know they've dropped some Christianese down and, sure. and you're picking it up and running with it. Guilty. So I think, yeah, I think can it and does it happen? Totally. I'm sure I just, I haven't heard it unless they have a faith background. Yeah. Um, and in, in that sense, like I get that, right? Spiritually, if you're someone that's a, a person of faith and you're like, I feel called to serve my community, protect my community. Yeah, I get that. Boy, I'll tell you what, that's as honorable as it gets. Yeah. Putting your life, you know, your family and everything else at risk, really. Um, maybe you're not your family so much, but you know, it's a, it's a risky business. It's yeah. a risky job and, and uh, hats off to all of them. Thank you for protecting us. For I've sure. even had pastors look at me as I've, as I've brought this up periodically, I've even had pastors look at me and go, you know, you should probably spend a lot of time in prayer, like asking to find your calling. Like Mm. there's almost like this sense of everyone's called to something. (laughs) Right. But then it makes you feel isolated. feels a little dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. At least from my perspective where I haven't felt a strong, like directional calling. Right. You know, it's like, it makes you feel again. It comes back to makes you feel like something's wrong with you, right? Or that you're not as spiritual as somebody else. Or is everybody called? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I I mean, again, I think once we start getting into the realms of of what God purposes for each and every one of us, I think for some of us it's very clear. For some of us, it's, it's very general. Um, I'm going to share this uh, little quote that I wrote down and. It hit me pretty hard a couple of weeks ago, but, and I think this is in somewhat relation to calling itself or just how we pursue our life. But there are things we do for a reason, things we do for a season and things we do for life. Yeah. And I think calling is mixed into all of those things. Whatever you decide to do, just, I don't know, I guess my only advice there is just don't get so stuck on any one single idea ever, right? We are human beings. We are animals. We change and shift our opinions, our views, our perceptions all the time. Um, I would just say, decide what you feel is most important to you, what you feel and believe is great work. And if those two things align, then you found purpose in, in what you're doing. Okay. So you use the word purpose. I was actually going to go there. Okay. Like that's, that's a more secular term that you hear. Sure. Sure. Is that, you know, this is the reason I was put on this planet or, right. you know, my purpose in life or things like that. Like, is there any difference between purpose and calling? Is calling just the Christian version of that word, implying that there's a higher power involved versus otherwise? Yeah, I think the only the only reason I would uh, expand on it a little bit is I think purpose is probably a little bit more generalized, and calling has more specificity, right? Like somebody would say, like, my purpose on this earth is to be a you know a loving father, a great friend, uh, kind of more generalized terms. But then we hear people talk about calling it typically is pretty specific, right? And yeah. that's why I've decided that generalizing calling for me feels right. 
because I think it gets too specific. And again, it's dangerous to where you get so set on that idea that if you or God decides to change or pivot that idea, you feel wildly insecure. You do. And you're afraid of being ostracized by the church and by your peers and those sorts of things. So again, nothing wrong with believing it's your calling or finding purpose in what you're doing, but just don't just hold it loosely, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone's out there speaking to myself, wrestling with what am I here to do? (laughs) You know, uh, do you just start with what am I good at? Like, what are my skills and giftings, if you will? Like, where would you direct them? Yeah, I'd, I'd go back to the comment I made, I think, on the first or second episode that your your strengths will not feel like strengths. They'll feel like common sense. Mm. So stick with things that are that feel like common sense. And you even said something a while ago that, hey, and don't believe anything that doesn't resonate with your own common sense, mm. right? It has to click there to some degree. Um, I think what happens is is we know what our skill sets are. We know what our strengths are. We're excited about those things. But then we're not willing to take a leap of faith because we know what it's going to take in order to execute and get to where you actually want to go. And we know the energy that has to go behind that. And so as long as you really enjoy doing those things and you really feel uh, it's great work, you have to feel like what you're doing is is helpful for the community, helpful for the world. Um, and as long as those two things align, I think that's the only reason um, we should step toward anything. Now, if you want, if you're looking for like, no, I really want like that deep, deep confidence that God has a vision for my life and I'm moving toward that vision uh, for my life. Um, yeah, I, yes, pray, I, I know it's a cliche, but I'd say, yeah, prayer is a great place to start. Um, if you're having, if it's stunting your ability to take the next step in any direction, start small and realize that you you bring so much value to the world. Maybe start with your own values and what value you're bringing to the world. I think that'd be a great place to check in. Do you think it's easy for people to understand the value that they bring to the world? Or do you think that that's a blind spot for a lot of people? Great question. Most people, it's a blind spot. I think some people have gotten clarity of that over time, but you can simply ask the people around you. That's not a very difficult thing to do. I know it's a vulnerable stance, sure. but I said it before, vulnerability is the most powerful stance in the world. So if you just look around you and ask your sphere and people that love you most, hey, how am I doing? How am what I am doing? I good at? What am I good at? What, what value do I bring to our relationship? And just be prepared. I mean, again, hold that loosely because you might get some feedback that you're not gonna wanna hear either. But I think you have to start there. A, a moment of self-reflection to really understand what gifts you've already been given and maybe even some gifts that you've suppressed over time, right? Because you thought you were supposed to go down this route before. And I'll give you an example. One of my gifts, honestly, is, I was actually going to ask, like, let's make this real talk. Like, what do you think your skills and giftings are? Yeah, I think, um, and I derailed you there. Sorry. You were going to say something. No, I think, uh, I'll, I'll bring up the two, Mo- uh, the the two I know the most and I feel the most strongly about are I really, really get excited about the future. My my brain's always thinking about ideas, how things can happen in the future. Now, you know this, my ideas get to a two and usually stop and I need somebody like you to take them to a nine. <laughs> um, but that's usually true for me. But I get really excited about that and I think I bring a lot of value in creative brainstorming and just being in a creative space in general. And then second, uh, which I, the second one I actually love the most about myself. And that's, uh, when I'm in a great headspace, a great spiritual and emotional space, I'm a maximizer. I love to maximize everything that's in my path. I love to build people up around me. I like to influence people in a really positive way, inspire people to do what they feel they never could do on their own. Um, that's kind of what I bring to the table. So creativity and energy are probably my, my two greatest strengths. So how are you deploying that in your career today? Um, I hadn't been until, uh, recently I, I started to figure out, and this is part of my return from Patagonia and really creating some really healthy boundaries around me. I took this stance that in business, you have to be serious and you have to put your serious hat on. You have to have your game face on, uh, no BS. Right. And I learned how to, you know, I learned how to socialize and chum it up with clients along the way in real estate. Um, but I took myself way too seriously. Now, in some in some respects, I feel like I had to, right, mm-hmm. to, to get the ball rolling and really get some traction in the game because it's a hard, hard-fought game, especially I started in a market like we are in now where it's slow. it was slow. 
90 to 120 days to pen to listing. Um, it was just a different ball game to play. Um, and so I just took it way too seriously. I, I, in some respects, I'm glad I did. In other respects, I, I think I lost myself in that process. Um, and I'm just inching, it's inching back. I'm not saying I'm there yet, but I'm inching back toward that jovial nature that I've always had. Uh, I can't lose that. That's my secret sauce. And so, um, so yeah, that's definitely something that I'm, I'm trying to gain back, uh, into my every day. You know, I saw a, a quote from, uh, John Gray. I don't know if you guys know who John Gray is, but, uh, he's the, uh, the chief at Blackstone, one of the chiefs, chief investment officer, CEO, president. Anyways, he's one of the head guys there. And um, I was reading something that, that he that he was putting out. Uh, he has one of the largest real estate portfolios in the world, Blackstone mm-hmm. does. And so um, I pay attention to what they do. Sure. And um, we have a bright account with them. Oh, okay. Um, and it says, he said, only work on something you really enjoy. You will never be good at something you don't enjoy. Focus on finding something that gets you excited in the morning and chase being the best at it. What do you enjoy? skiing (laughs) (laughs) you're really good at it and you're a really good coach and it's obvious if if i could get paid for just the skiing part though like just chasing powder that's what i would do and is that tougher to do at our age or is that something that can be done well i mean for those that that do get paid to do it i mean it's a young man's game um i mean you are putting your body on the line because that's right. the way you get paid is by being seen. The way you get seen is usually through films. Right. And so to be in films, you're usually throwing yourself into the jaws of the lion. That either means throwing yourself off of huge cliffs while doing some sort of acrobatic aerial off of it. Good thing you don't have three kids. It wouldn't be right <laughs> risky at all. <laughs> or or you're charging a really steep face in Alaska that has, you know, uh, potential for, you know, huge potential for avalanches or, you know, there's, it's, it's a young man's game. It yeah. is. And so I, I don't, I would love to be proved wrong, but I, I don't think that that's something that I could get paid for uh, anymore. Um, you know, being 42 and um, not willing to, throw my body off a cliff anymore right um there was a day i mean there is a lane but whether or not you'd be willing to go down it meaning like you know i talk about youtube a lot or just uh tiktok or anything else i mean there's a lot of different platforms out there to use but i'll bet you there's a lot of dudes in their early 40s and maybe even 50s that would love to watch a guy their age doing cool stuff that could be an influential type of a piece so all that to yeah. say is I, there's a way to do it possibly, Probably. but again, we go back to, we know what energy time, all those things that are going to, it's going to take to do those things. So we have to ask yourself, are you willing to do what it takes yeah. to get there? I use the quote from John Gray. Cause part of me goes, is that a, is that a North star? Like whether or not you're working within your giftings, meaning mm-hmm. are you enjoying it? Is it, is it bringing energy? Do you wake up excited to do it? And there's, there's some sort of juxtaposition between what I talked about last week and hobbies, passions, and waking up and doing something that you really enjoy. I, I think that there's an interesting dichotomy there because I also warned people last week, like, don't turn your fun into work. Careful chasing a hobby and turning it into a profession because it may not be as glamorous as you think it is. Right. Um, like retail, right? Like you love skiing, but you don't necessarily want to start getting into retail skiing either. A ski shop. That would be awful. I'd be in a <laughs> ski shop all the time. Yeah. Different game. It's a different game. Yep. I, I like the skiing, not tuning everybody else's skis, <laughs> right? Or, right? Or selling them a new pair or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. But I right. made that mistake with surfing. Right. And I, I, mistake's the wrong word. Right. Because it was an amazing experience. It was the right experience. You made that assumption. Yeah, I made that assumption, right? right? Is that, God, I love surfing. Let's start a surfboard company. Right. And this is going to be amazing. And it was amazing. But it did take the juice from surfing because I was dealing with everybody else's drama right. as it related to the stuff that they were buying from us. And I didn't get to surf as much as I had envisioned I would. You actually gave me such a gift. when I, My second year into fly fishing, 
I looked at Luke. I was like, I'm going to open a fly shop. I'm so freaking excited about this. I'm going to open a fly shop. And he sat back and he went, oh, you want to get into retail? And I, right away, I was like, no, I don't want to get into retail. He goes, you should rethink the fly shop idea. I thought, <laughs> You're right. I don't want to do a fly shop anymore. Right. But he was right. And, yeah. and you have to see it through an accurate lens. Don't, yeah. don't make assumptions too quickly. So do you think if you're working in your giftings, you enjoy it more? Like, is there a sense of okay. like I was gonna, flow that involved in there or? Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of people, right. That say, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. Right. Sure. And that's a, that's an amazing thing to say. Like I found what I love to do. And I've talked to a few people along the way that have, but my question about John Gray's quote is, isn't it easier to say that once you've made it? Yeah. Like I can guarantee if I sat down with John Gray, I said, okay, tell me all the things you did not enjoy doing to get to where you're at today. And I'll guarantee it's going to be a big list. Yeah. I, maybe not, but, um, I have to assume that everyone and anyone and everyone out there pursuing their dreams and getting after it, there are things that you're really good at and you're becoming successful at it because you are good at those things. There are parts of it that you really enjoy. Like for example, I just shared with you in real estate, there's a lot of minutiae in the back end that no, who likes to sit down and write contracts all day. I love going to listing appointments. I love meeting the buyer out at the property. I love having the conversations to persuade them to make the best decisions for them. I know it sounds weird to say it that way, but truly most buyers don't know what they want. It's up to me to help persuade them in the direction they need to go. Mm. Um, and I love all that. It's a game I love to play, but all the back end stuff, I can't stand <laughs> at all. It's the worst, right? It's like football. I love the games, hated practice, but there's elements of everything you're going to do that you love and hate. You're, you're not going to love all of it. You're not going to hate all of it. You got to look. Oh, what did I uh, hear from a coach of mine? Awesome quote. He said, the difference between amateurs and professionals, amateurs do what they love. Professionals love what they do. Amateurs do what they love. Professionals love what they do. In a way, a different lens to see that through is professionals learn to love everything about what they do. They don't just, mm. they learn to love what they're already okay. doing instead of trying to chase what they love, if that makes sense. Interesting. And I appreciated that perspective. I thought, okay, right? I want to be a professional, right? I don't want to just sit there and chase things all day long. Don't get me wrong. Go pursue what you love to do. Um, as best you can, but if you can't learn to love what you do now, it's, it's like a regional change, right? You think, Oh, I'm going to go move to Southern California. And my life's going to get better. No, it's not because internally you have changed nothing about how you view the world, how you, you know, wherever you go, are. there you are. <laughs> yeah. That was a great recovery, uh, quote that I held on to a lot, right? Yeah. That you don't get to escape yourself. <laughs> so where's the balance then? Cause you have people like Gary Vaynerchuk, love Gary V. Mm-hmm say life's too short to do shit you hate right right so which resonates with me i get it but where's that balance then between i'm enjoying this i really don't like this like where are you waiting like lifting weights where are you waiting what impulse you're following from a, this is something I should stay and pursue because I love these pieces or this is abrasive enough. This means I should move away from it. Like, how do you make that? Is it all or nothing? Like if I hate all this, clearly I shouldn't do this. Right. I mean, if it's oppressive, right. You know, every single day you're like, Oh, like the, if that's like how you feel about Monday morning. Oh my God. And that's honestly, I, I'm so grateful we do this Monday mornings. Yes. Cause I'm stoked every time I get up it's on a great Monday way morning. to start the week. It is. And, uh, but really, like, if if your attitude is meh or, oh, I just do not want to go do this, then, yeah, great indication that you are doing the wrong thing for sure. Um, but at the same time, like, is it like if you really ask yourself, is it that bad? Like, or have you created this thing around it that is because, like, I'll give you an example. For a good season there, I, I'll, I'll admit it. I was looking at you saying, I hate real estate. Yeah. Those words came Legit. out of my mouth. I mm -hmm. hate it. But when I came, when I had a lot of self-reflection time in Patagonia and I came back, I realized I don't hate real estate at all. I hate how, um, what's a great way to say this? I hate my lack of boundaries. That's really what it came down to. And it, it wasn't just real estate, but it was really my life in general. I'd really, uh, let a lot of things slide. I'd let a lot of things move into my life that shouldn't have been there. Um, in other words, I prostituted my boundaries. I know that's a weird way to say it, but that I did. 
Um, and so now that I'm creating a lot more healthy boundaries around real estate and how my business functions for me versus how I function in my business, it's, it's rewriting how I view real estate and it's actually starting to um, get me amped again, uh, get me energetic again, which I haven't felt in a really long time. Uh, and I'm not saying that's true for everybody else, but for me specifically, when I, if I really take a deep look at something I hate or I'm just resentful toward, if you really start peeling back the layers more times than not, I'll speak for myself, it has something to do with me and how I'm looking at it, pursuing it, mm. dealing with it, coping with it. Um, and once I had that internal look at everything, I thought, okay, this, what's going on in my head and in my heart is a distortion of reality, right? Real estate is a game to be played and many people play it. It can be a lot of fun if you want it to be. Uh, but I wasn't having fun because my lens was completely distorted in really negative ways. Were you finding, and I think that's a great lead to where I was going next is, do you find that you were hating it and you said, you know, not real clear on keeping your boundaries, your boundaries. Was that because if you keep it within your boundaries, it keeps within your strengths and skills and stuff. And outside of those boundaries is stuff that you're just not good at and shouldn't be doing. Man, that's a great question. I My initial reaction to that, response to that is, yeah. Mm. Um, but I'd have to think about that a little bit more uh, to unpack that a little bit more. And the other thing I'll say, too, is I went through a season, and you may disagree with this, and by all means, please do. But I felt I was overcoached. Um, I had too much coaching going on. I had too mm. many opinions shifting me this way, pushing me that way, wanting to make this decision, being forced not to make that decision, all sorts of different things going on. All great intentions, by the way. I want to make that very clear. The coaches that I've had in the past, wonderful people. I'm not digging on them at all. They were all trying to help me in the best way they could. But over time, that became so compounded that I just thought, uh, I'm allowing everything else to control my decisions and what I'm doing. I mean, and not in a victim stance. I'm not taking a victim mindset, but more or less just like a, I was more of a puppet in that, in that season, instead of taking control of my life and my business in the way that I was excited about. Um, but to answer your question, uh, back to your question is, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I don't think it has to do with comfort. It might, right. We're more com comfortable in our, in our strengths. Um, but when it comes to pursuing success in anything you do, wouldn't you agree that that's where you should be yeah. for the most part is in your strengths. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of working on your weaknesses. Yeah. You know, I think one of our one of our responsibilities as employers is helping our employees work in their superpower. When you do that, you have fantastic employees, very little turnover, fulfilled employees. They're excited about being there and excited about doing their job. And consequently, when you have employees doing tasks and things that are not within their strength set, it's drama. And they're going to burn out. Well, the same is probably true for us. Right. <laughs> right. I think it's just... Maybe even more so. Yeah. I think it's just harder to... I think it is a blind spot. I think it's just harder to go, what about this? Get curious about it. That's something that I like to say, right? Get curious about it. What about this is so abrasive? Right. What about this is so effortless? Right. When you're working... It might not be fair to say, but I was going to say, if you're working in your strengths, there's almost an effortlessness that comes with it. It doesn't mean that you're not leaning into it, that you're not having to grind and push hard and solve or whatever it is. But the procrastination piece, the hesitation is gone. It's just like, it's just what we got to do. And I'm excited to solve this. I'm excited yeah. to lean into it. And when you're not, it's really easy to look for an escape route. Okay. Let's. Uh, we talked about it just uh, briefly um, a little while ago, but I want you to expand on it a little bit in terms of um, I made the comment, I'm no longer going to punt my weaknesses to other people. Oh. So you want to talk through that as a employer, as a business leader, when you know that they're not your strengths and you do hand those jobs and yeah. rolls over to other people, how do you manage and monitor that? Yeah. And we'll talk about this also in another episode um, that we've kind of had outlined down the line, but I, there's a something that I believe about it uh, is a saying, you know, uh, don't abdicate, delegate. Okay. And abdication is essentially, I don't know how to do this. You go solve this. Report back to me how it goes. Right. Also called seagull leadership. Yeah. Here, I'm going to dump it on you and I'm going to take off. I'll check back in with you later. Yeah. 
Delegation is here's how we do this. Here's how it looks. Here's what you should be looking for. Here's the KPIs. And the challenge is, especially as an employer and as a boss, is that there's so many things that you're having to pay attention to that you don't always have the opportunity to learn. Right. But I would push back on that. Like, I think, and it could be just business immaturity in saying this. This is based on what I know now. But I feel like you should probably learn every segment of your business. Now, that doesn't mean that you have an intimate level of knowledge to be able to execute professionally on them. But you need to be able to understand what's going on, what the work should look like, how long the work should take, what the end result should be, why it should be that. Even if you're not the best to do it, you got to know how to do it. Right. Um, And if you know how to do it, then you can hire well, you can train well, and you can have great expectations for what that's going to look like. Yeah. And you know when it's being done better than you could do it. Question. Do you think your calling could be, I'm just throwing it out there, could be leadership? Are you, are you as in the royal you or you as in you me? You as in Luke Stokes. And I mean, I don't want to project that on you. I'm just saying when I look at your strengths, when I've watched you in action, especially recently with the nonprofit that we're involved with, Luke has stepped up in a big, big way in leadership to really pull these guys together to make great decisions for the organization moving forward without you stepping in wouldn't have happened. So maybe just something to think about, maybe just something to, to think on. Yeah. I, I, yeah, maybe, um, I see it, but that's up to you. And, you know, you've also said, you know, teaching, you know, we've talked about this before. Um, yep. And I would agree with that as well. And I would say probably, le- yes, teaching, but I think it, it's a little bit broader than that. I think counseling. Mm. I think counsel and leadership seem to be your two strengths. In my world, anyway, they are. Yeah. For sure. And I might even go, I might even zoom out from counseling and I'd go coaching. Sure. I think it's, I think it's a, a, a bit more motivational than it is recovery. I see, I see counseling as recovery. It's a terrible projection because that's not fair, but that's kind of the lens that sure. I see it. But it's up to you and your perception. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, coaching is like, let's go to the next level. Um, cool. Yeah. Thanks, John Maxwell. <laughs> and <laughs> and the odd thing is, is that outside this podcast, I'm not sure I'm doing either of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And that's not fair. I'm leading an organization. I have employees. and Oh, and if you co- you've coached, helped me along the way. Are you kidding me? Along with others, yeah. along with, um, yeah, your own employees and the nonprofit that we serve. Trust me when I tell you, you're doing it every single day. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you don't notice it because it's your strength, right? Yeah. Like you just talked about. It's your strength. You almost don't notice you're doing it. Yeah. And I do. I enjoy it. I, I get almost the sense of, this is going to sound really prideful, but there's a sense of like, I'm good at this. Like I got a bit of ego in it as well. Like I can feel like I'm moving the needle here. This matters. But don't you think that's appropriate? Not, maybe it not, is. Maybe not in terms it of is. like, oh, I'm the best in the world, but in terms of you should feel confident about it. Absolutely. I just wanted to put that in there so it didn't come off that way. But yeah, yeah I... Yeah, I think that's appropriate. I think it's, if you don't feel that way, should you be doing it, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not the one for this. Probably not. Probably not, right? Yeah. So. Anyway, that's, maybe we wrapped it all up in a bow for you right there. Yeah. I, I mean, well, something to think about anyway. Well, and it's, yeah. So I think, so what does a person do with those things, right? So you, you see them. Okay. Let's just say that's what it is. Leadership and coaching. Right. So now what, right? You know, and, and I'm not the only one that's going to be in sure. that boat. It's like, okay, great. I'm really good with people and I love gardening, right? right. <laughs> right? Whatever right, it might right. be, right? You know, and it's like, well, how do I, how do I deploy this? And mine are a bit more generic and can be deployed across multiple different verticals. Right. Um, but, but you, I don't you feel like the coaching game, maybe I'm wrong. There's plenty of marketing out there. There's a lot of different coaching platforms now. But you don't even feel like it starts with one person. Yeah. It starts with one person. That person refers you to somebody else. That person refers you to two more people. And before you know it, boom. It's like therapy or anything else. You're like built on referral networks. Like our businesses, right? Service-oriented businesses. Yeah, I would hope so. That yeah. that's it, You've tried to get me. That's not fair. But you've encouraged me to like 
pursue some some either life coaching, business yep. coaching a couple times, and I've I've dabbled, right? I've yeah. tried a different few different things, and it it hasn't felt real natural in the way sure. to build that that segment um, of my professional um, portfolio. Does it feel too presumptuous? Is that, do you feel like, ah, like me telling people how to run their lives and run their businesses? Like I haven't got, you know, all of us to some degree don't really have it figured out. So there's always that fear of like, am I going to be exposed here? What, I don't know if I shared this with you, but imposter C, syndrome almost. Yeah. So see, and this is actually really big in leadership. Uh, I found out <laughs> it's a really weird rabbit trail, but I'm just going to bring it up anyway. So you know where it's coming from, but I took a <laughs> human sexuality class. There was a, there was a BDSM panel. Okay. Let me just finish. Oh, this is getting good yeah, now. Let me just I'm finish. leaving in. <laughs> uh, Everybody just turned up the volume <laughs> on their speakers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no practices in front of us here. Just a, just a panel of people normally dressed. Uh, but this gal, uh, she ran the whole BDSM clinic, actually a really intelligent gal. And she said her number one client are CEOs, hmm. which is maybe not surprising to some of you out there. Um, but what she said is the number one fear of those CEOs is that their organization would figure out they are not fit for their job and they would be ostracized by the organization. Yeah. Number one fear. Again, that can't comes with this idea that like this presumption something of like, wrong do I have it something. figured out? Yeah. And you're supposed to be looking at me like I got all the answers. Um, so anyway, there's something to think about on that yeah. front. But sometimes it stops us like from really helping people in really big ways. But maybe even start with the precursor of, I don't have it all figured out. I don't have all the answers, but I've been through enough life to be able to help you avoid some mistakes along the way that I've made. And honestly, there's for me anyways, as a young entrepreneur, that's so valuable. Yeah. I mean, when I've, when I've done it and you know, I've had an opportunity to coach a few people over the last six months, you know, just totally for free. Cause I enjoy it and they were friends and stuff like that. I get a lot of juice from it. It's, yeah. it's fun to help people when you've walked the steps that they've walked and right. you can bring them along. There's there's a lot of fulfillment that comes from that, helping them avoid the pitfalls and, and see the things that you wish had been pointed out to you. And, right. and I've had a lot of fun with that. I think it's the self-promotion of that, um, that, that holds me back. You know, I've done some advertising, I've done some different things to try to see if I could drum up some business and, you know, none of it has gone as I, as I thought I would and, or as I thought it would. And, you know, so far that's been like, okay, it, I just, I won't take the time to pursue this at the moment, but you know, if, if one client led me to another client, I would say yes. Right. You know, it's, it's. Don't yeah. they say anything worth having takes hard work? It's just yeah. part, kind of part of the recipe. And I'm not saying you haven't worked hard at it. I'm just saying, you know, if it's really something you want, I just say, keep digging. I, I, I really see that in you. I understand that circumstances may not have aligned in ways that you'd hoped or thought, but it, at this point, uh, back to calling. <laughs> well, if it, you know, if it is a calling, if it really is aligned with your strengths and something that I believe God has put you here for, for leadership purposes, I think it's just a matter of time. Well, and you said, you know, if it's something that you want to do, isn't it worth pursuing? And I think that is, is the moment of where the rubber meets the road for me. And right. that is, I'm openly curious about it. Right. I haven't made the decision that this is what I want to do. Right. And I think that's the difference. Is there also a fear that you make that decision and two years later you go, uh, uh, this yes. is what I thought it was. So yeah. now now that thing that I thought was really cool is not cool anymore. And now I'm really uh, broken about it. I've, is there that fear? I've done that in other areas. Sure. Where you pursue something, you get a couple of years in and you're like, bored, you right. know, or whatever, right? This right. just isn't what I thought it would be. And then you're looking for how do I get out of this? Right. You know, without hurting people or without sure. causing disruption. And and I've done that before. Right. And it's it's just an awkward place to be. I'll throw this out there and it may or may not resonate, but I had a coach tell me one time, do not um what do you say? Don't base your 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 feelings and thoughts around success based on the results of the pursuit, based on the relationships that are made along the way. Mm. And I thought that's a great perspective, mm. right? Cause think about how many amazing minds, books, relationships, like you, you build a relationship with the author that writes the book. You just do, 
you see into yeah. their world, you see through their lens, all those sorts of things. But just, ba- I don't know, maybe something to think about. Let's base our success on relationships made along our journey, not necessarily the results of what we pursue. Yeah. Boy, there's richness in that. Yeah. There's wealth in that. Yeah. For sure. Well, we're at 45 minutes. So do we, you- thought, we <laughs> thought we'd only get 10 minutes in today. We were like, oh, maybe 10 minutes we'll cover it today. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. We, we just love uh, sharing our thoughts in our heart. We just do. So let's 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 kind of put, you know, whether that's some bullet points or just kind of like, is calling real? I think calling is as real as you want it to be. Mm. Um, and honestly, I, I'm not saying it's uh, too spiritual or not spiritual enough. I think it's up to you and whatever you feel is creating strength and commitment and depth or whatever else you want to define it as, but I think it's up to you. Uh, now Mm. can people be called to a very spiritual, uh, specific pursuit? Yeah. Who am I to say they, they aren't or can't, I, I don't know. Um, but for me personally, I just know that, um, yeah, I just know that calling is for me a corporate calling and I am to do my best to use my skills and strengths for his purpose and for, uh, my purpose on earth, which first and foremost is being a dad and a, yeah. and a brother and a friend and a, um, you know, and a provider and those sorts of things. But if God ever pulls me to do something specific, I, I'm, I'm going to be all in, you know, yeah. I'm going to keep my heart and my, my eyes and my ears open. Yeah. I mean, everybody has been equipped with certain skills and giftings, Everyone. whether that's by nature or nurture, which is a whole nother conversation, but you arrived at this moment created for this moment correct and i do think that it is our responsibility on some level to acknowledge and recognize those skills and gifts and figure out how to best serve this world with those skills and gifts totally yeah and And you can and you can apply that to anything right your your marriage your parenting your uh your business i mean really your employees um, yeah. Look for opportunities to deploy those gifts. Right. Right. Cause if you want to put the spiritual calling element as a layer over the top of your skills and giftings, you're going to be presented with opportunities to use them. Right. And you're going to be presented in a way that could be subtle. It could be obvious. But you're going to have to be looking for an opportunity to use them and then getting curious about how did that feel? I got a great example of that. So I was uh, at a birthday party two nights ago. Um, Great, wonderful group of people. Susan Martin's birthday. Um, And I was talking to Joanna, a friend of ours, who's an amazing chef. Uh, I mean lights out chef makes amazing food so me and her were of course connecting talking about smoking meat barbecue all that kind of stuff and i gotta really enunciate the word meat so many people think i say smoking weed <laughs> and she's like <laughs> i was like hey do you want to smoke some meat and she's like smoke some weed and i'm like no no smoke some meat <laughs> anyway take a step back sure so, but that's a different podcast <laughs> yeah that's a different podcast but uh <laughs> so we connected on the food thing and it was awesome she looked at me and she goes I was like, man, I'm just so passionate about, you know, this is my art. This is how I express myself, you know, those sorts of things. She goes, don't you just want to feed people? And she goes, isn't it that simple? And I was like, yes, it is that simple. Mm. Yes, I just want to feed people. So again, when it comes to calling or it comes to strengths or purpose, sometimes it's more simple than we think. And then, but what that did and what door that opened, I was at church yesterday with the family at Sage Hills. Um, It was a great service. And I just start bawling. I start Mm. crying during worship. I'm like, whoa, I'm being overtaken by something, right? And then all of a sudden, I have very clear vision, standing up on stage. I really do. I want to make this happen. Holding a loaf of bread and saying, we're going to start with this and we're going to feed 5,000. And I want to show up. I know this is, I'm going to throw it out there because I really want this to happen. Easy there, Jesus. Listen, right? And here's the deal though, is I want to employ and ask the entire church, whoever's passionate about cooking, to bring their gear, show up on a specific day, and then employ the church to get out and invite homeless widows and orphans to come enjoy a free meal Mm. from the church Mm. all together, everyone cooking and and putting their passion out there and just simply 
beating people. Mm. I'm going to start there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm going to make, I'm going to make that happen. I know it's going to take a little time, but I'm, I'm, it is crystal clear to me. So in terms of calling, oddly enough, these little visions come at, at random times, but you got to do something about it. Have you always known what your gifts are? Or was that a self to like, when did you start to realize and I know we were wrapping this episode up and then all of a sudden I have another question. It's like, <laughs> well, let's go for another 37 minutes. No. When, no. when did you start to realize, ooh, this is a superpower for me? Working with coaches. Well, there's a pro tip. 100%. I did not realize my gifts. Now, I had an inclination, right? We, You're, you're, you're definitely going to look at yourself or what's going on around you and have an kind of a gut feeling about who you are and where you stand on things. But really in, ter- in, in until I started working one-on-one with somebody that was holding me accountable and looking at my blind spots pretty intently and seeing my strengths in different ways and doing these self-assessments. Self-assessments are great, by the way. Any of you that want to take them, take them. You made a comment. Like? All of them. Like oh, the or, disc or, or yeah, yeah, like... yeah. So disc, Myers Briggs, uh, Enneagram. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a leader. There's an energy leadership assessment that's really good too. That's how I learned that when I'm creative, that's where I'm at my highest energy, where I'm really emoting my best self to some degree. But uh, but I'd say take those self assessments. You said it perfectly. You said, man, every time I take one of those, I feel like I take one step forward. Mm. That's a perfect way to define it. If you want to take a step forward in learning who you are and who you want to be. Um, I'd start taking those assessments. So coaching and assessments. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Well, this has been an interesting conversation. It's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure we have any answers. <laughs> <laughs> but but there are perspective. And if you share some of them, cool. And if you don't, like respond in the comments or, you know, let us know what your feedback and thoughts are around this. We'd love Since to. Since there's five of you, send me a text because you probably know who I am. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's all good. <laughs> um, but those of you that have uh, given us feedback, by the way, I know there's some of you that yeah. are listening on a bi-weekly basis and your feedback means the world to us. Honestly, like there's been a couple of you guys that you've shared some words. that's almost brought me to tears. It it really feels that special. So if it's helpful to you, we're going to keep on keeping on. Yeah. This has been great. You were created for this moment. I really do. I believe that. Yeah. This has been fun. I believe that about you too. Cool. All right. Love you. We'll talk next week. Okay. We're out later. Thank you for tuning in to Processing Purpose. We hope you grabbed a few gold nuggets to take one step forward in your journey of life and business. Please remember to like and subscribe our channel if you'd like to get more content to help you build and grow everything around you. Make today your best day. Today is day one.